0: WCNC Charlotte this is flashpoint where power and politics collide and the tough questions get asked and answered thanks for joining us here on flashpoint I'm Ben Thompson today we are talking transit in just a moment a one-on-one interview with the CEO of Charlotte area transit his agency tasked with getting people moving around the city but recently they've come under fire staffing shortages delayed service combined with the city bursting at the seams it's needing transit Cat seems barely able to keep up. And then later, a look at the city's $13.5 billion transit plan, new light rail, commuter train, greenways, how a new city council could reshape that plan. But first joining us now, the CEO of Charlotte Area Transit System, John Lewis, Mr Lewis, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me this morning. All right, uh, I think by most accounts, a bit of a rough summer for your organization and for some of your riders with staffing shortages some service delays, schedule changes. As we start the fall, do you feel like you as the CEO and your organization have a better grasp and better handle of some of these problems?
1: Sure. I think it's, you know, number one, it's been a rough couple of years from the beginning of the pandemic um, to now, uh, it's been somewhat of a roller coaster ride. I'm so proud of our employees from the beginning of the pandemic. You know, we were wondering how, whether or not we were going to be able to continue to provide service and our bus operators and rail operators really stepped up to the plate and showed up each and every day. But after multiple years of, of pandemic and having to deal with all of the issues associated with it, the last six months really became uh a a challenge from a labor standpoint it was harder to recruit new uh employees and some of our team members um just quite frankly got got um you know looked for other opportunities and so um this was a recent phenomena where we had more people calling off um on a daily basis than we uh normally planned for uh in the midst of that uh our uh a contractor, RATP Dev, was in the middle of contract negotiations with their employee union, uh, the smart union. And so having contract negotiations in the midst of a pandemic and all of the pandemic fatigue really was a perfect storm of uh, challenges for us. But I think we've turned the corner. Um, we uh, A couple of weeks ago, we... Um, Uh, reduced our level of service so that we can provide uh, a level of reliability to our customers, the kind of reliability they had come to depend on from CATS pre-pandemic. And we just realized that we needed to reduce service IN LINE WITH THE NUMBER OF PEOPLE THAT WERE SHOWING UP FOR WORK ON A DAILY BASIS. AND SINCE WE'VE DONE THAT, um, WE'VE NOT HAD any uh, THE LEVEL OF uh, uh, RELIABILITY ISSUES THAT WE WERE SEEING FOR THE LAST COUPLE OF MONTHS. SO I THINK WE'VE TURNED THE CORNER ON THAT. Uh, THE GOOD NEWS IS um, THE RATP DEV HAS REACHED A TENTATIVE AGREEMENT WITH THEIR UNION uh, ON THE CONTRACT. I'M KEEPING MY FINGERS CROSSED THAT THE UNION MEMBERS WILL VOTE uh, AFFIRMATIVELY ON that and we can get back to business
0: as usual. When do you expect you'll be able to scale back up when it comes to some of the services that you've cut back on?
1: Uh, I'm hopeful that uh, if we get this um, uh, contract agreement with the employee union, um, that will help us tremendously. As I mentioned, we've increased wages uh, significantly and made some additional changes, including to the attendance policy. That was a challenge for us. Um, we've gotten some concessions from the union on that. And so I think that will go a long way uh, in reaching that goal. And as we continue to hire on, um, as we reach the level of employees' availability, we will add service incrementally as we're able to. And so I'm looking for that, forward though.
0: to that by the end of this year. Okay, by the end of this year. Perfect. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, let's talk about the goal line. Um, how do we make it so the goal line is... is is more successful. It too has been plagued um, with with shortages of of drivers as well as uh, delayed service. Um, Full disclosure, as a person who lives along the gold line, I would love to see it to be a success and and fully functional. What will that take in your mind?
1: So I think there are a couple of things. Number one, um, we do not have the issues with manpower on our rail side that we do uh, on on the bus side. Um, and so the available manpower has is not a challenge for us in that what really is is introducing this new technology into the traveling public Um, having a a rail system that operates in the um, operating traffic in the same traffic lanes as individual cars has been a challenge I don't know that a week hasn't gone by that we haven't had a minor incident or two either someone uh, making contact with our rail vehicles um or quite frankly people just parking on the alignment um it, it, so as we're looking to increase enforcement um if you park on the alignment you will be ticketed and you will be towed if you stay long enough um but also as we're continuing our planning for the next phase we've got to find ways to uh, uh put that uh, uh, mobility option put the gold line in its own Uh, right-of-way so that we don't have the conflict with uh, single-occupant vehicles. Uh, That service needs to operate more like the blue line, uh, and we're looking forward to making those adjustments in the future.
0: I've noticed some new signage that went up on uh, Trade Street um, trying to warn people against stopping. To your point, it almost requires a cultural change of people Sort of understanding how this system works and, and how to sort of navigate around it. Um, a, a new city council tasked with what exactly to do with this $13.5 billion transit plan we've talked about now for two years. I understand your job is administering the current transit system, but in your mind, long term, what would you like to see happen when it comes to transit and trans- transportation here in Charlotte in the next 5, 10, 15 years? The the size of our city uh, and our
1: region, Uh, the population is going to grow exponentially over the next 10 years, and we've got to stay ahead of the curve on that, or else we're going to have quality of life issues. Uh, People think traffic is bad now. Imagine what it's going to be when 400,000 more people move into this region over the next uh, 10 or 15 years. And so we have an opportunity with a plan that will provide mobility options to everyone within our region. But that plan costs. Uh, and we can debate how what is the best way uh, to pay for that plan and how we deliver. Uh, I'm looking forward to that continued conversation, but we have a, a, a incredible opportunity. Uh, federal investment in public transit is the highest it's ever been. Uh, we have a bit of a competitive edge in Charlotte now that we are ahead in the design for the silver line, for gold line phase three, for the extension of blue line to Ballantyne, and importantly, the red line to Huntersville Day Davidson and Cornelius, but our competition is catching up. Other uh, jurisdictions are starting to get into the game, and there's going to be intense competition for that uh, federal funding. And so I'm hoping that we will answer that funding question in the near future so that we can continue to provide mobility options for people in our region.
0: Uh, back in June, CATS received federal funding to launch a on-demand transit service sort of like Uber. How far are we from making that a reality? Uh, we will start our pilot in the next couple of months. We are working
1: through the contractual negotiations with the providers. Uh, we're looking to, and in, in our uh, bus priority study that was identified in, in our Envision My Ride uh, program, uh, we identified over 20 areas throughout our system that we believe uh, on-demand options will be very effective. We're going to start off by the end of the year. Um, with five uh, of those areas so that we can kick the tires and get to understand what the demand for it. What is the best way to um, address that demand? And then we will continue to expand that as time goes on. But it is a very important part of our overall uh, plan for mobility in the region. And it is just another uh, exciting opportunity for us.
0: Uh, Wider view going forward. Um, Some city And state lawmakers have expressed concern given the the challenges that have faced cats in the last uh, few months uh, about giving um, your agency more resources to do some of these big huge projects going forward how do you plan to earn some of that trust back for folks either here at the government center in uptown or up at the general assembly who would have to end up signing off on, on this new project no matter what it looks like
1: well, I think the the challenges that, that we've talked about today in regards to labor and, and other things are, are challenges that every industry is is having right now. I just read uh, this week that American Airlines is is cutting back on flights to Charlotte. So this is not just a public transit issue. It is a nationwide and it's an, in a macroeconomic issue. I'm gonna leave people smarter than me to answer that one. But in regard to um, uh, the confidence that people can have in charlotte area transit system i say all you have to do is look back to 2018 we opened we delivered the blue line extension uh, 9.2 miles of of light rail uh, 12 stations, $1.2 billion project. We delivered that, f- that project on time and under $60 million under budget. Uh, and the fe- Federal Transit Administration was so uh, um, uh, pleased with our uh, stewardship of their federal investment that they allowed us to keep that money and invest in other projects. And so we are adding another station in South End around the public. We are doing s- uh, some other upgrades along the system so uh, we know how to be good stewards of the public dollar where that has been a track record that we've earned. And we will continue to deal with that despite this this uh, anomaly of of labor challenges that we've dealt with over the last year or so.
0: Uh, Final question. You have a big job. You're in charge of a a huge transit system in an exploding city. What keeps you up at night? Uh, what keeps me up at night, what doesn't. Um, I, I think
1: really it is, I am uh, a really chomping at the bit and anxious to get our manpower levels back to where uh, we need them so that we can provide the level of reliability that Prior to 2020 was a daily expectation and a daily delivery uh, that we had, and so um, working with our partners in labor, uh, I believe we'll get there. Uh, I think we've we've plugged the holes in the ship right now. Now it's a start to get get rowing in the right direction.
0: All right, John Lewis, CEO of Cats. Mr Lewis, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, more Flashpoint after this. Joining us now is Eli Portillo. He's with UNC Charlotte's Urban Institute, formerly with The Observer. Eli, thanks for coming back on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Given that we are now dealing with a, a brand new city council just in the last couple of weeks, uh, you have written that, that a slimmed down version of that $13.5 billion uh, transformational mobility plan is very likely
2: yes i think you know we haven't seen any movement with the original plan especially with the key question which is how we'll pay for it and given that it's been uh closing in on two years since that plan was unveiled we've now got a new council in which uh i believe four members were not on council when the first plan came out and uh the fact that you know we really need something to get this plan moving um down the track as it were to use a a little bad metaphor there I think we're likely to see some changes to bring that total price tag down.
0: And what do you see as the likely uh, sort of lo- low hanging fruits here uh, on this project that, that are
2: uh, easy way to sort of slim this down? Well, there are a few different ways that I think the city could go. Uh, for one, the $13.5 billion Charlotte Moves Plan has one really big part in it, and that is the East-West Silver Line this is uh, a majority of the cost in that plan it's been estimated at uh, more than eight billion dollars so if you were to say build it in pieces um, which is what they did with the blue uh, the blue line and say only build the airport to uptown piece first you could cut that price tag a lot and say hey we're still going to do it we want to do the whole thing but we're going to start with a smaller segment maybe only half of it that would cost four billion dollars and that would be um, a big cost savings right off the top there i think that the city also as we know has a problem with its bus system right now Uh, they need a lot of investment, they need more buses, more operators, repaired buses to supplement the fleet that they have now. That's been estimated by city officials at somewhere around $100 million in costs for acquiring new buses and $50 million in operating costs to improve frequency and service. Um, Those numbers are a little old, so even if they've gone up more, you know, say you're talking two or $300 million, that's still a very small fraction of this total plan. And I think you could definitely see a push to say, hey, we can't do everything we want to right now, but let's fix the bus system. We know that that's kind of a dire need and we've got to take care of that.
0: You spoke about some of the contents of, of the plan and things that, are, that could be on the chopping block. But what about the strategy that city leaders have taken and they've been criticized um, by almost every possible side in this, in in their approach. For one, there's the the sales tax issue, but also the sort of engagement with Raleigh and engagement with other cities and counties. How much of this is the content of the the plan that you just
2: talked about? Or are they gonna also have to change their strategy of of getting buy-in? Well, it doesn't really matter what the content of the plan is if there's not money to pay for it. So I think that that's going to be really crucial right now the plan as it's envisioned would depend on a one cent sales tax which uh the city needs permission from the general assembly to put on the ballot for local voter approval they have not approached raleigh formally for that and asked as we know city uh politics are largely dominated by democrats in charlotte raleigh of course uh, the general assembly is republican majority so there's been some question about hey you know, even if the city makes a really good case, will the legislature let them uh, do this? Now, we did see um, Mayor Vi Lyles appoint Ed Driggs, one of the two Republicans on council to chair the transportation uh, transit committee this week, so this past week. So that really could be a signal to the legislature of, hey, we want to work with you. We have a Republican who's been um, skeptical of the plans that we've put forward on uh, council who's chairing this committee right now. And, you know, we think that we can really work with you. Look, here's an olive branch, so to speak. Um, On the other hand, there's also the question of regional buy-in that you mentioned. Uh, The Silver Line, as envisioned, would eventually stretch uh, all the way from Gaston through Charlotte, Mecklenburg to Union County. The city will not pay to build a transit line outside of Mecklenburg County, a rail transit line. So, you know, you're gonna need some regional funding there. There's also um, an initiative to create a regional bus system that the Central Liner Regional Council is heading. That's not gonna happen without a regional funding source. And I think you could see a shift for the city to really um, engage with regional partners more and try to get them on board and say, hey, we want to get everyone on the train first and then agree how to fund it because right now what we've got is really a plan that charlotte has kind of put out and said hey this is our plan isn't it great and the region has kind of i think uh, shrugged so far there's been enthusiasm in places like um, Gaston county for the idea of a rail line that would stretch to charlotte but no moves towards um, funding providing dollars for that a final question here They've
0: been criticized for for, for their issues when it comes to staffing and delayed service. Um, Can it build confidence so that all these stakeholders can
2: trust in CATS, the agency, to carry out what is a sprawling plan? That's gonna be a really big challenge. Um, We've heard um, rumblings from Republicans in the state legislature, hey, you know, we're not going to uh, be funding uh, an expansion when we think this agency has problems right now. Um, Council member Tariq Bakari, one of the uh, two Republicans on city council, has said that he won't support any major funding initiative, any major new initiatives at CATS until there are uh, basically serious leadership changes, till the, you know, shop is cleaned up, however you want to put it. And I think that that gets back to what the contents of this plan are, because you know, if Charlotte basically steps back and says, "Hey, we're not going to do this big, big plan right now. What we're going to do is say, fix the buses, build some greenways, fill in some sidewalk gaps, you know, do a two to four billion dollar plan. Still very significant, still a lot of money, but not this very expansive thirteen point five billion dollar plan." I think you could see a move to say. We're going to fix what we've got, we're going to add some greenways, do that stuff, and then build regional buy in and figure out how we're going to fund things like the silver line, how we're going to make the red line happen, how we're going to do these really big ticket, um, multi, multi billion dollar items. All right. Eli Portillo.
0: Eli, you always make us smarter when you come on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. More flashpoint after this. welcome back to flashpoint a big week this past one for charlotte City council and the folks who represent the queen city the state bureau of investigation confirming it's looking to see if city councilman james mitchell's breaking the law the agency says it received a request from the mecklenburg county district attorney you might recall mitchell served the city for 20 years but resigned in january of last year after concerns over his role at the as the head of rj leaper construction it's a company that works with the city on several big projects which has prompted conflict of interest questions, Mitchell says he has no problems with this investigation. I mean, I was elected to provide public service. I'm a report, uh, passionate about affordable housing, small business, and so this won't change at all. The voters told me to go down here and provide public service. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, I look forward to the SBI investigation, and I say let's all pause and wait on the results of the investigation. I look forward to it. And there's a. The other thing is he he stepped down because of this, but then ran, won, and we're yet again facing these same issues. The the investigation comes just days after he was sworn in in that at-large position there on city council. We'll keep you posted. Meanwhile, city council members signing off on putting $1 million in federal grants towards expanding the city's violence prevention program. The funds will be used to help areas of Nations Ford Road and Arrowwood Road, along with the Southside Homes neighborhood and West Boulevard. The goal is to add a bigger police presence in those areas and build stronger community relationships. More Flashpoint after this. Welcome back to Flashpoint. Before we leave you, folks, come interact with us on social media. Let us know what you think, what what you'd like to see us cover here on Flashpoint. And as always, remember to subscribe to our podcast. You can find it wherever you get yours. And we'll see you back here next weekend.